I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Finally, finally they get a win uh, under some strange circumstances by, by a score of 135 to 111. Over the Denver Nuggets, who obviously are a very good team, and uh, Raptors have been on a nine-game losing streak, and I mean, it feels this immense relief to get that over with, and to do it in emphatic fashion. I mean, Raptors killed the Nuggets; like they they were up double digits within like the first like three minutes, and uh, they they wrote it out. I mean, this is basically how a lot of these Raptors losses have been, only in reverse. Um, and it was a fantastic game, and I would love to talk about this game. It's probably the most complete game the Raptors have played. All season, obviously one of the rare games this season when the Raptors have had their complete roster. Um, but I mean, you know, you can't really ignore the elephant in the room. Um, and that is the trade deadline is, well, it's past midnight now. So today on uh, March 25th, the day Kyle Lowry turns 30 for the fifth time. <laughs> and, um, you know, nothing is completely final and everything like that, but. Um, there was very much a sense of this was goodbye for Norm and Kyle. And um, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I, I really feel like this knot, you know, um, in my, in my, in my throat, like this, like lump, like, uh, and it's not, it's, it's not COVID. Don't worry. Really? Um, no, it's, it's, um, you know, it's a funny thing, you know, because I think when you when you think like logically about, um, you know, what's going on, you might say, well, look, Raptors lose nine in a row. They're so far down the standings that, you know, like there's no real chance to make the playoffs. And even if they do, they're not really going to do much. Uh, it's a little too little, too late and stuff like that. And you can objectively say, well, look, you know, Kyle's one of the most valuable players uh, on the market. It's the most valuable player on the market. Uh you know, Norman Powell averaging 20 points per game this season on like 65% true shooting is one of the most valuable players on the market. Like the Raptors might have like one and two in terms of best players moving them serious. Um, and, you know, you can look at it that way and you can look at, okay, well, you know, this from this position, it makes sense. You know, like the free agency coming up, this and that. And it sounds like, Something that's very easy to talk about, something so logical in 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 terms of, uh, you know, I don't know, abstract terms. When you're just kind of thinking about it, when you're playing in the the trade machine, for example, which is like the lamest game ever, man. I don't know what's the point of making the trade machine unless you're trying to illustrate specifically what trade went on with a graphic. Like, what's the point of playing with that? You can't do anything with it. Like, it's literally just like a fantasy. Like, you might as well write like print out paper money and and try to spend that. Like, anyway. In any case, when you try to play the ESPN trade machine, um, and you you just click Kyle Lowry to you know Philly or Kyle Lowry to Miami, and you're getting all these guys back, it doesn't feel like anything, right? This is not real until you kind of get to this point 
when you when you are standing at the end with these guys and you see, you know, Kyle and Norm, you know, guys checking out of the game, maybe as the last time as Raptors, you see Norm giving the post-game interview. You see, you know, Kyle um, throwing up the deuces to the camera as he walks off with uh, some a real pain in his face that could suggest really that, you know, this might be the end. You see Kyle giving away his signed sneakers to two of the luckiest fans in the world, two, um, two kids, two teen- little teenagers, uh, got Kyle's shoes. I mean, uh, oh, listen, that's going to be worth a lot. All right, hold on to that, all right? Um, you know, when you when you actually see that point and you actually come to that moment, it feels so different. Like, I think for me, because the season has been such a negative thing, you might want to look ahead. You want to look ahead, right? There's always this, like, idea of, like, you know what is the future going to bring you know let's we we analyze some things kind of figure it out um and sometimes when you think about that like you just want the future to come like for me I'm just like yo before this I was like let's get the trade on over with like you know what this has to happen let's figure it out let's do it uh, and then you get to this moment and you're like damn I want to savor every last moment with these guys you know like you want to take in every um every play every basket every screen every charge like everything like you just want to like hold all that and and, you know I think that's probably the same when you come to a lot of things obviously you know things in life are finite and uh whatever you do is finite and um so you will inevitably get to the end at some point and usually when you get to the end you know you kind of really only think about the journey that kind of led you that to that point and it's it's so hard to think about that journey, no longer carrying forward with some of these guys. I mean, Kyle is, I mean, you know, first off, next to Kyle, Norm is the longest tenured Raptor on this team. He got drafted in 2015. Uh, you know, thanks once again to the Milwaukee Bucks who traded for Gravis Vasquez. We got Norman Powell that year and the next year uh, we drafted, or two years after that, we drafted OJ Anobi. Fantastic trade. And I, I like Gravis, but damn, that was that was that was a nice deal, Masai. Uh, maybe we can pull off some similarly lopsided deals in the in the next few hours. Um, and Kyle, who's obviously been here since 2012, you know, and 2012 is a long time, you know. And I uh, a lot of things changed, you know. Like, for, I mean, for me, 2012, like I was turning 21. I was 20 when Kyle first joined the Raptors. Like, that's nuts. As a 20-year-old, I didn't know shit. I didn't, uh, I wasn't about shit. I'm really not about that anymore either, really. I only kind of think I am. Um, but I think, you know, that's a long time. Like, that's that's a really long time. And you think about all that has changed and all that the Raptors have gone through. I mean, like, let's, like, make no bones about it. I feel like we're not arrogant enough as a franchise, as a fan base, to say this. No team... Since the 2013-14 season has won more games than the Raptors between 2013 and 2020. No team uh, has won more games. A lot of the successful teams. You know, Houston's had a lot of runs there. No championship for them. Obviously, Golden State has some successful years. Arbitrary cutoffs, you know, like obviously that includes the year they were really bad last year. Um, but they've won some championships. Cleveland won a championship, you know. Um, you know, the Lakers have won a championship, you know, all that. But... In terms of regular season wins, Raptors are up there. And that's nuts if you think about it. If you know anything about the history of the Raptors, this current season with the Raptors is like the norm for the team. Like, 
you know, we were hanging that one division banner from 2006, 2007 with Anthony Parker and um, Chris Bosh and all these other guys. Like, you know, TJ Calder Ford, as they said, they called them, the, the two point guards. Um, it's Sam Mitchell winning coach of the year. Like, that was, like, hanging there for a long time. And if you go to Scotiabank, which obviously you can't right now because of COVID, but when you go back to Scotiabank, you look up in the Raptors, you're going to see that division banner. They've amalgamated the division banner. The Raptors have won so many division banners that they just literally went, you know what, let's just, just put it all together. Like, literally just put, like, six of them together. And that's crazy. Like, the Raptors have not been this winning team before Kyle got here, before Norm got here. And... The amount of winning that has taken place and the amount of memories that have taken place too, right? I think when you root for sports and you root for things, like obviously number one is winning. And above all else, Kyle has brought so much winning to this team. Norm has brought so much winning to this team. And that can never really be forgotten. And that's why Kyle is the greatest player in franchise history. He's not the greatest shooter in franchise history. He's not. He is the greatest passer in the franchise history. Uh, but he's not the greatest scorer in franchise history. He's not all that stuff, honestly. Like, even the defense. Guys have played defense better than Kyle has with the Raptors. Not many, but still, some people have. Um, you know, people have dunked way better than Kyle has. I don't I don't think Kyle even has a Raptor dunk. And if it did, it might have happened in 2012 or something. But, um, like, he has contributed the most winning. Like, literally, the most winning. And that's the point of sports, right? And so that's why he's the greatest. He's the Raptors GOAT. But, um... It's also about, like, you get to know these people, and you get to, like, um, see them grow as people. You get to see their games grow, uh, but you get to see them grow as people. And I think, you know, honestly, as time goes on and I get older, uh, and it sounds ridiculous, I'm 28 years old, you know, really not that old. But, like, as, as I do get older, I do really get to gain an appreciation for, like, what changes, right, when, when people grow old and when people um, mature, and it's it's something that I've speaking for myself. Like I'm the same age as a lot of these players currently on the team. I think a lot about my growth, like purposefully. Like I really just I don't know if this is the same for a lot of other people, but I just really like to think about like who do I want to be and what do I want to become and uh, what does it take to get there and and you know where am I coming up short and to see the progress, especially in a guy like Kyle who came here as a 26 year old with like. You know, honestly, a reputation was not good. Like, there's a reason why the Raptors got him for Gary Forbes and a protected first round, or like a first round pick that became Steven Adams. Although it could have become Giannis, but honestly, I'll, I'll take Kyle Lowry's last eight years, nine years, ten years over any year of Giannis. I don't care. Um, but, you know, like, there's a reason why he was available for that, right? And there were some reputations, you know, him and McHale didn't get along, Kevin McHale and... Uh, you know, I don't know, man, he wasn't healthy or whatever. I don't know, to be honest, right? People didn't want to pay him, whatever. But um, to see 26-year-old Kyle Lowry, when he first came, to the man who's turning 35 tomorrow, and, you know, it's it's wild to me, like, to, to see the growth of him as a person. He's literally the model, not just, like, veteran player, He's the model, like, citizen, right? Like, if anyone should get a key to the city, Kawhi, bro, give that key back and give it to Kyle Lowry. Kyle should get the key. Kawhi, you can come. You can open the city of Toronto. I don't know what it opens in the city. Uh, I don't know. Maybe something in that weird spaceship that we call City Hall. But, um, yeah, that, that that key should reside with Kyle. Like, Kyle should literally have the key. Kawhi obviously can go in at any time for what he's done. But that key should be going to Kyle. He's the model citizen, for, like, what has gone on, right? Like, do you take this press conference that he did, which, by the way, 
Kyle, obviously, has, you know, been impatient with the media in the past. No one wants to talk to us, man. Nobody. No one cares about us. Um, but Kyle took like 40 minutes to answer every question. And as you can imagine, lots of questions came in, right? And even for me, like I have previously, I don't think I've ever asked Kyle a question, which is wild. I mean, maybe that speaks to like how little access I've had in the past and sort of how young I am at the job specifically. But I got to, I got to ask Kyle Lowry a question. And this might be the last time you ever... Talks to Toronto Media for a long time until he signs that one-day contract or whatever. But, I, I, you know, I got to I'll ask Kyle a question at the very end and just, like, truly thank him for the time. But, he, you know, the way Kyle opened this 40-minute press conference was to, before he took any questions, he, he made sure to shout out and thank the uh, all-women's broadcast that the Raptors put on. Which, by the way, historic moment, absolutely historic in sports to have the all-women's broadcast. And it was so good <laughs> like it was legitimately so good and it, it should be the headliner if it wasn't for the circumstances so, but i'll definitely talk about it later on it was really good i enjoyed it a lot um but that's the kind of person that kyle is you know like and he, he just wants to champion these things we saw kyle Lowry um being so vocal right uh in support of the black lives matter movement um you know we saw the leadership that he brought to the Raptors. That's a, that's not an easy time whatsoever. And, you know, I'm, you know, Asian. Uh, I'm not black. So I can't, um, you know, speak specifically to anything that Kyle and some of his, you know, teammates were feeling. But to have that leadership during that time, at a point where, you know, the American conscience was so much in anguish, um, that amount of leadership, I don't know anything could really be overstated in terms of what he did in the bubble last year as the Raptors contemplated boycotting, contemplated going home, contemplated, you know, doing whatever because of that's, that's where we were. Um, you know, and, and you look at Kyle, like the, the charitable person that he is. I mean, all of that stuff, right? Like he's, he's a model citizen, but he's also like the model veteran. Like, yo, how many times has he got players paid? Yo, he's about to get Norm paid. <laughs> I mean, Norm got Norm paid. Above all else, players get themselves paid. Through their own hard work. Kyle Lowry can't literally grab Norm's hands and put the ball into the basket like a baby. You know, like, you know, if he could, honestly, Kyle, I would really love to see Kyle try to guide Aaron Baines' hands into a basket. Um, in any case, though, it, it's just, it, when you when you see the growth of a person, you see the growth of a man. I mean, like, it's sur- surreal almost. Like, he came in, I don't know, first year he was he, he was here, like, his his kid, his oldest kid, Carter, was, was one years old, had just turned one. And now he's about to turn, like, 10? Like, you know, and, and we've seen the growth of that, that the little baby, right? Literally as a baby to, to now he's a little teenager. And I think the last time we saw him was, um, you know, in that video where the Raptors surprised the, 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 the you know, the organization su- su- surprised the Raptors by having their families do their player intros inside the bubble. And that was such, such an adorable moment. Um, but you've seen them through flashes, right? Like Kyle Lowry was sneaking a kiss to his son and stuff like that. Like you've seen that kid grow, and that that really puts into perspective. Like you just, you know, Kyle and Norm are just two amazing people that have served this franchise so well, and they are Raptor legends. Like bar none, they are Raptor legends. And um, I just, uh, I, I'm, you know, if this is the end, like I'm just, you know, I'm, you know what? If this is the end, I'm freaking happy that the Raptors did this in in this way. 
Because not that this changes the season, not that this saves the season, not that this makes Masai go, wow, what am I doing? Why am I trading these two guys? I should just hold this team together. Because turns out, having Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell, OJ Anobi, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet as a starting five, it's pretty damn good. Do you know how many points the five of them combined for tonight? Do you know how many points? They combined for 99 points. Just the starting lineup alone. We've seen the Raptors not score 99. Last game, the Raptors scored 99 points as an entire team against the Houston Rockets tonight. Just the starters. With garbage time being factored in because the Raptors are winning by so much, they scored 99 points. So, you know, it's not going to change the season. But at the same time, uh, I love the way they went out. They went out with pride. They went out with their heads held high. I don't want to see Kyle struggle through another miserable loss where he's getting ejected. I don't want to see Norm kind of just like, you know, ushered out the door, even though he's been such a rock of stability for this team, especially with his scoring for the last, I don't know, pretty much after the first 10 games of the season, this this man has been automatic, like the definition of automatic. This guy shot 8 of 12 today for 22 points. I barely even noticed he had 22. That's how normal it became for Norm to score like this. Um, but I'm happy they went out like this. They, I'm happy they went out like champions almost. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they went out with this kind of performance. Because you know what? I don't want the last memory of this team to be, yo, they just weren't good enough and some circumstances went against them. Now, some circumstances went against them, but this was a good team. This was a good team. Like this, There were some really good players on this team. Maybe the bench needed some real upgrades, and I think the bench could really use them, and maybe that's part of why the Raptors are making these trades, is to supplement that bench and to add more talent. But god damn, this team could really do some good stuff together. And don't forget this. This was the small ball five that went to war with the Boston Celtics. This was the small ball five that went to double overtime. And you think about that double overtime game six against the Celtics. Kyle Lowry hits the game winner over Kemba Walker. Mark Jackson yells, swim, as Kyle hits the deck with his chest to the to, to the hardwood or whatever. And Kyle's poking, um, you know, Jason Tatum, uh, you know, in the elbow and, and, you know, and basically teasing him for the loss. Uh, and you think about him and you think about the other principal actor in that stretch, which was Norman Powell, who had 15 points in, in that uh, fourth quarter and the two overtime periods. It it was such a nice moment to to think about them and to think to see them all play together tonight. Fantastic, fantastic. Kyle Lowry plus forty two, a career high. Which, by the way, one of the most incredible stats that I have ever seen comes courtesy of Chris Black, who uh, I believe works on the Sportsnet broadcast. Um, but his stat, listen to this: since Kyle Lowry joined the team. In 2012, Toronto is plus 2,561 points with Lowry on the court, and they are only plus 40 without him. That is a nine-year stretch where the Raptors have been plus 2,561, and I guess you have to add in the extra 42 tonight, so they're 2,603. With Lowry since then. It's unbelievable. Um, in any case, the starting five played beautiful basketball. Again, they washed the Nuggets right from the start. And you, the shooting was sensational. First off, Pascal Siakam, obviously there was that whole talk about, you know, uh, he went at Nick Nurse and all that stuff. And, you know, whatever. I, honestly, that would be the headline story. To be honest, the all-women's broadcast should have been the headline story. The 
Pascal Siakam, Nick Nurse beef should be a head, uh, headline story. But of course, none of it is a headline story. Or even snapping a nine-game losing streak should be a headline story, beating the Nuggets in this fashion. Obviously, none of it is that. It's, it's on Colin Norm. But Pascal came out super aggressive, man. This guy tried to attack at every single point, hit two threes right away. Nikola Jokic daring him to shoot. Pascal's like, I'll shoot this. Then Pascal taking a, the length of the floor, ripping a rebound, driving it all the way in. Pascal playing amazing. Um, and just everybody though, man. I mean, just like the the team just played well. They just like smacked the the, the Nuggets. They had, first off they had a small ball group, right? But that means OG had to guard Nikola Jokic. But listen, I wasn't surprised that he did well because yo, guess what? OG has played Nikola Jokic and outplayed him in in the past. <laughs> it happens. Like it, it, it's not that odd. It's not that infrequent. You could look at last season where OG had thirty three points and seven steals against. Uh, you know, playing against Jokic. And it's not saying that OG single-handedly dominated Jokic. That's ridiculous to say. And I think Jokic obviously had a way bigger load to carry, considering he's like an MVP candidate who's the focal point of the offense. But damn, OG and OB on Nikola Jokic primarily, with lots of help coming from the rest of the team, was a great strategy. And the Raptors executed it beautifully. There was There was... Intensity in the way they rotated, there was urgency in how they played, and I recognize this team not just because they're healthy again and they have a, a small, like a starting group that doesn't feature like Aaron Baines or Chris Boucher, and there's no real liability and whatever. But I recognize this team, and I've seen this team before. They 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 can kick some real ass when they play together. They really can, and they were firing threes. They were just firing on all cylinders, and. You know, I mean, you can say there were some small slip-ups or whatever, but Raptors played amazing. They attacked the basket with intensity. They got on the defensive glass with intensity, although, honestly, there was a stretch there. It was a bit annoying to see the Nuggets get on the defensive or offensive glass, but to be honest, that wasn't really a factor in the second half. To me, um, the Raptors got to the free-throw line. Pascal got there nine times. They passed the ball beautifully. I mean, they had their best play of the entire season was... Coming down the floor, uh, I think Pascal's driving the, the length of the floor off a of, of rebound in transition. He kicks it to Fred, who then has an open shot, but he kicks it to Kyle, who has an open shot on the trailer. But Kyle turns down an open shot to pass it to OG, who is the actual trailer, who goes all the way into the paint. Defense collapses, and OG throws the spinning pass to Norman Powell in the corner, wide open. And, of course, Norman's going to hit that because, again, he's automatic. That play was legitimately sensational. I was sounding like Ray Hudson in this, you know, uh, office that you see me at every single day, screaming magisterial in terms of the the tiki taka that was played there. It was it was honestly a beautiful play, uh, and it's the best play the Raptors have come up with all season. That was the kind of basketball they played all night. Defensively, it was intense. I loved the way they played. They contested shots hard. They left the right shooters open, and they pressured them like you know. Jamal Murray had 8 of 17 for 20 points, but those were some tough baskets that he was making. And he makes some tough baskets. Obviously, we saw the playoffs last year. This man made an N1 mixtape just in that Lakers series alone. But, um, you know, Jamal, I mean, everything he got was tough, and that's all you can really do. Jokic didn't hit a 3, you know. Um, and they left the right guys open. Will Barton 0 for 8. Paul Millsap 1 for 4 from 3. You know, Michael Porter Jr. got open a few times, but I think... You know, he wasn't really that much of an impact. And honestly, this was the first time all season that I thought was like, yo, because I've been killing the bench, right? And the bench is really killing the Raptors, so that's why I've been killing the bench. But look at the way the bench played tonight as compared to the Nuggets. Every time the Nuggets brought in guys, I'm like, yo, who are these 
players and what are they doing? Because, you know, you have Jamichael Green shooting 0 for 5 from 3. You have Zeke Naji who shot 0 for 4 from 3. Uh, you have, you know, uh, Facundo Campazzo, who, uh, you know, fantastic passer, but two assists in 18 minutes, moved the ball nicely, but just doesn't really want to shoot and stuff like that. Didn't really seem like an impact. You know, uh, PJ Dozier, RJ Hampton, all these guys didn't really come in and do anything, whereas the Raptors actually got contributions from their bench. Like, I thought, you know, one of the biggest parts of this game was DeAndre Bembry at the start of the fourth quarter. Raptors were up like 20, but still, Bembry starts off the fourth quarter you know, there's a gap in the defense. He drives it all the way in for an acrobatic, really a graceful reverse layup and one finishes the end one. And then the next time down, sees another gap, drives to the rim and finishes again at the basket. Just to get five straight points from a bench player that's not Chris Boucher. Like, I don't remember any other time that's happened for the Raptors this season because that's something that they've lacked. Their bench has just been so disappointing. They've let down the starters so many times, especially with the starters being in and out due to all sorts of factors. The bench tonight was good. The bench tonight was good. Paul Watson came in, hit four threes. It felt like a hundred. Like it honestly did. I was literally like J.R. Smith in, in the living room, being like, "Yeah, yeah with the threes." Like it, it was, you know, Paul Watson was money from the corners, and you know, the Raptors obviously quickly turned into a blowout. Uh, they didn't even get that good of a game from Chris Boucher. I thought he could have done a lot better defensively in terms of the defensive rebounding, but you know, Boucher gave you his offense as well, and the Raptors just played with the intensity that was fitting. Because you know what? Listen. Maybe Nick Nurse can't summon them to do this. Maybe Nick Nurse can't make them shoot 50% from the field and 21 of 23 from the three-point line and only commit nine turnovers as a team and shoot 50% as a team. Uh, Maybe they can't get them to defend with this kind of intensity. But, you know, honestly, though, like, for Colin, for for Norm, I'll do anything. And the same goes for all the guys on the team. Like, these are guys that are brothers to them. Like, you know, Kyle's almost like a father to them, really. Um, I don't. I don't want to sound like you know that, that the reporter that asked you know Kyrie that question about LeBron, but no, like it, it's these guys are family, and like of course you show up for family, man. They're family. Like you, that's what you do. And you, you if the, if this is the end, if players got to move on. If the front office decides some of these guys are done and not even done, but just like this is the right time to part with them, then that's fine. You know, you understand that. You you believe that. You uh, you you know you roll with that. But um. You know, you just have to, uh, you just have to, uh, you know, um, appreciate the effort. Because, again, remember this team, not necessarily as a failure, but remember this team as, you know, the circumstances didn't line up for them. But they could do some really good stuff. And we saw it tonight. One last peak, if that's the case. And it was great. And you and you know what? If you want to look towards the future, I thought the way OJ Anobi played was all-star worthy in terms of the way he played tonight. Um, you know, the threes, the intensity, there's one play where there was one sequence where he raced in, there was like three nuggets in defensive rebounding position. OG flies in from nowhere, tips the ball in with his seven foot three wingspan or whatever the hell it is. Um, you know, gets a, gets a tip in, then races back. He's pressuring Jokic, who's bringing the ball up, pokes the ball free. It would have been a steal, except the, the poke went straight to Jamal Murray. Fortunately, Murray passes to Will Barton. Will Barton tries to work a pick and roll with Jokic. Obviously, OG's involved because he's guarding Jokic, so he's the guy at the basket. Barton tries to go around that screen and drive downhill because he figures OG's going to be, I don't know, stuck to Jokic or whatever. Yoji surprises him at the basket, swats the hell out of him, and they go the other way, and a few plays later, OG hits a three. I mean, I loved it. Raptors were calling th- oh, plays for OG, come off the, come, you know, coming out of the timeouts, getting OG coming out two down screens like he's Terrence Ross or something. And, uh, you know, OG cashing the three. 
Uh, OG driving hard into the paint. Uh, hard jab step, pivot, stop, turnaround jumper, short, mid-range, bucket. Like, OG was fantastic. Pascal was sensational. 27-8-6, and six, intense defensively, getting the rebound, taking it the length of the floor, the, the closeouts that he was making. All of it was perfect. And if OG and Pascal could play at this level consistently, you know, you know we would be talking about a very different team. And, of course, Fred was very solid around all of that, making some deep threes, all that stuff. Um, you know, pretty good defense on Murray, sending great help uh, to, to, to bail out OG, obviously, with a mismatch against Jokic. So the guys did really well. And, you know, uh, if this is the end, like, you know, I hope uh, I hope they all savor this moment. I really, really do. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Obviously, I'll be here to cover the trade deadline, absolutely. If you haven't already, if you want more expanded thoughts on Kyle and and, and, and Norm, maybe some thoughts on, like, you know, what package is better between Philly or Miami. Me and Alex Wong, we did a very, very long uh, podcast that, uh, you know, um, there was earlier today, like, around noon. So, I think it's still fresh. So, you can go back and listen to that for a lot of trade deadline analysis. And, by the way, you can call in to the call-in show once again. We're bringing it back this Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Um, where listeners can call in to the show, to me and Josh. So we've been obviously doing that Twitter mailbag, but now we actually want to hear your voices, and you can do that. And I'll and I'll drop um, some details to that in the link below. Of course, the, the newsletter as well. But honestly, besides all the promo and stuff like that, like I just really want to say, like at the end of this, like, and again, this shouldn't been this shouldn't be the last point before three stars. But man, the broadcast was incredible. Like honestly, the the I, you know first off. An incredible moment, the fact that the Raptors are the team that have put this together. Um, you know, the all-women's broadcast, it, is, it was really fun to watch. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, here's the thing. I think when people hear advocacy for um, marginalized groups, they think, well, that takes away from me or that takes away from them. And they kind of get weird. Like, Enjoying the women's broadcast has nothing to do with anything the men are doing. Like it just it has nothing to do with them. It doesn't even impact them. Um, but in any case, the women's broadcast was really, really good. And first off, like I'm sure there was a lot of pressure that went into it. Obviously, this being a historic moment. I mean, of course, these guys, these these women are all professionals and things like that. But you know, it is a new crew and things like that. But they pulled off a really great broadcast. I was watching pregame. I was watching halftime. I mean, listen, halftime is valuable time. You know, halftime is like that. Those ten minutes, those twelve minutes, like you can get a lot done on those twelve minutes. I'm like the most productive I am all day during halftime, trying to squeeze in as much like of whatever as I can. But I was there for halftime, and I was there watching the postgame interviews. Everyone did amazing, and I really want to give them all a huge shout out. Um, and I think, honestly, the broadcast itself, obviously, that being the core component, right? Obviously, we've seen, you know, Kayla, obviously, Kayla Gray has done so many amazing things. Um, you know, same with Kate Burness, you know, Amy Albert, like, she did a really, really great job with the 905. If you didn't watch that, she was amazing on the color commentary. So insightful. But obviously, the core piece of the broadcast is still Megan McPeak as the uh, play-by-play announcer and also Kia Nurse as the color commentator. And they did such a good job together um i thought first off 
the level of intelligence, intelligence, wow, the level of intelligence that they brought to the broadcast, I sound dumb as hell for saying that, um, the level of intelligence they brought to the broadcast was so high, and I love that they showed that respect to the viewer. Listen, a lot of people have been watching basketball for a long time, you know, like, you don't have to explain the bare minimum of, like, oh, yeah, you saved the ball underneath your own basket, that's a little dangerous, the other team can get a little putback or whatever. Like, you don't need to, like, oh, he blocked a shot, but he kept it inbounds, and they started a fast break. Like, it is insightful, but, like, at some point, like, people have already absorb that and most people know just intuitively what that means um but you know the, the way kia was going about the broadcast was so great she was giving small little in- insights at every single point that helped you le- get an understanding of not just what is happening but why it's happening and to sort of spot that in the future like one thing she pointed out right away in the broadcast was okay so the raptors were playing small and they're doing some switching uh with og and stuff like that and and, and Jokic. And the way the Nuggets were attacking that was they were getting these dribble handoffs between Jokic and Jamal Murray to then have Murray go downhill, force the Raptors into you know making a decision. Are we sticking with two guys on Jokic? Are we sending uh, you know are we switching there? And that creates even more of a mismatch. That was you know something that just tactically that the Nuggets were doing from the start. And obviously the Raptors handled that well and they they won the game. But even just small stuff like you know, literally like a split cut, right? I mean maybe some people don't know what that is. And, you know, Key was able to explain that, the effectiveness of a split cut. When you have a guy like Jamal Murray setting a split cut because he's such a good shooter and it happens in so quickly when it's executed well that Jamal can pull multiple guys to him and that creates someone wide open. Like Paul Mills have got a wide open layup from that. That's great stuff that people are craving. Like, I, th- I know that because I know that a lot of this audience wants the same thing. And I, I know, like, maybe, like, I, I know nothing compared to Kia Nurse. Uh, in terms of obviously people who have actually played, but um, the broadcast was so good, and I'm so happy with the way it turned out. It was really genuinely a joy to, to listen to. Kia Nurse, I think, was probably the first star of the broadcast, but um, you know, I mean, when she pulled out the get that garbage out of here, uh, Jack Armstrong impersonation, it was sensational. And again, it just it, it goes to showcase the amount of talent, right? And that's the thing, like, you know, um, obviously, I'll, you know, it's a, it's a very difficult job, trust me, broadcasting is a very difficult job. Um, but, um, there's a lot of people that can do it. And I think especially with X players and things like that, like, you know, we see X players on broadcasts all the time. Um, but I think, you know, the way that Kia brought it today was, was, was sensational. It was, it was funny. It was humorous. They, they, they had inside jokes, you know, she, she, she brought her playing experience into it. And like, they were talking about who gave you your welcome to the W moment and, she said it was Maya Moore who put 30 on her, even though she tried her very hardest. You know, like, these small things, like, really add to the quality. Like, literally, that's the name, that's in the name of the title of the job, is color commentary. You have to add color to what's going on. And it was well done. So, congratulations to all the women who did it. Hopefully, this is not anything close to the last time. Maybe Make this a regular thing. It's so refreshing to watch. And it was genuinely a great product. So, congratulations to the women. And congratulations to the Raptors for putting this on, truly. Like, to be leaders and things like that. Um, in spaces. I mean, that's what the Raptors want to do, and that's what the Raptors are about. And it makes me respect them as, you know, more as a franchise, more as an organization. And to people who are cynical about it, like, just, like, what are you doing with your life, man? Like, I saw someone being like, you know, I, I said, you know, look, I, I think it's very important for broadcasts to reflect the viewers that watch, which I think is like a pretty, like, I don't know, fair statement to make. It's hard to disagree with that, to be honest. But then someone was like, well, to be a devil's advocate, does that mean only watchers are women? Like, 
come on, man. We we have literally every single day is an all male broadcast, and we don't really you know do anything about that. Like the you know the fact that this is even special is it's a sign of like you know how much of a boys club it is. So I I, I love the fact that it was disrupted, and I love the fact that honestly not just disrupted improved. So um, congratulations to the crew. In terms of your three stars from this game, ah, my goodness. Um, first star, I'll give it to OJ Anobi. I thought he had the hardest job. 23 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, a block, plus 20, 8 of 16 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line. All in 28 minutes while guarding Jokic. Outplayed him, really. I love that the Raptors literally made a point to isolate OG against Jokic. It didn't always go well, but like it's it's really funny to watch OG isolate. Like one time OG had Jokic strung out along the right baseline, kind of cleared out on the baseline drive. And OG's pulling out all these like dribble moves, and Jokic is just confused because he's just like, yo, what is OG doing with these dribbles? Like it's looking awkward, it's going all different places. And eventually, uh OG is able to actually confuse him so much he gets by him and drops a great dump off pass to Norman Powell who completed an and one on the play because he made a timely baseline cut. And it was just fun to watch. But no, seriously, OG had such a hard job tonight. He did it really well. He gets the first star. Second star for me is Pascal Siakam, 27 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 35 minutes, 8 of 16 shooting, 8 of 9 from the free throw line. I love this intensity on both sides of the floor. And listen, man, no matter what you're thinking about in terms of, like, you know, you know whatever, feelings spill over. You know, as a leader, you do have to, you know, hold them in a little bit better or at least, like, have composure for the group considering you are not just yourself. You are also the leader. But, I mean, you know, he responded positively. And that's what you want to see. It's it's way different than when Pascal got um, that one game benching against the Knicks back in game four of the season. And then game five comes out against the Pelicans and he fouls out with, like, 12 points. Like, this is way better. So, I, I really like the way Pascal played. And, I, and hopefully he can just kind of, like, you know, get on the same page. I mean, obviously, he's a star player, and Nick Nurse is the star coach. Like, you guys got to get along. And I, and I know they will. I know they have, and, and I know they are two guys who can work together at the highest level. So, uh, in terms of your third star, I'm going to have to split this. I hate doing this, but I'm splitting it. Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell both get the third star for me. For Kyle Lowry, 42 plus 42, a franchise record. Well, not franchise record. A, a Apparently, Mark Jackson had... First off, Mark Jackson was a Raptor. With all due respect, Mr. 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 All, with all due respect, was a Raptor. Obviously, this was before my time. I was definitely in like Tianjin or something. But um, in any case, Kyle Lowry, second highest plus minus on the, uh, in franchise history, the highest of his career, plus 42. And of course, Norman Powell, giving you an effortless 22 points in 25 minutes, man. Like, again, you just have to appreciate that. Like, if you get Tyler Hero in here and stuff like that, you'd be you would be praise, singing this man's praises if he did anything close to what Norm did consistently for this whole season. So... If this is the end for those guys, thank you so much. They have given us so, a lifetime of memories, really, to look back and treasure. And, uh, you know, as I said in the, the the previous episode with Alex, like, people can only go f- with you so far in life. They can only walk with you so far. And um, for the part that they were with us, like, the journey was was the most blessed thing that we've ever seen as, as Raptor fans. And you have to thank them. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, um... You know, I really don't know. Um, I'm I I'm going to give it to Bull Bull. Bull Bull came in with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, garbage time, and he was matched up against Chris Boucher. And I was like, "Yo, what is going on here?" It's like if you just like stretch the dimensions of like a a, a photo. You know what I mean? Like it's like that. Uh, like a guy taller, lankier, longer than Chris Boucher. You'd never see that. 
Uh, and Bobo just came in doing random stuff, like he, shooting threes, like driving to the basket, crossover, pull up on Chris Boucher. And I'm like, bro, you're like eight foot ten. Like, what are you doing? Like, how how is this possible for you? But yeah, Bobo came in and uh, made some highlights, which uh, is always fun to be honest. So that does it for the podcast. Again, I'll be back tomorrow to recap everything that happens on trade deadline day. We'll see what happens. It figures to be a very busy day for the Raptors. Uh, if you haven't already, by the way. Go and listen to the Kyle Lowry post-game interview. Go listen to the Norman Powell post-game interview. Go listen to the uh, uh, Nick Nurse post-game interview. Honestly, go listen to Pascal's too as well, but especially Kyle and uh, Norm's, man. Those guys were so, so good. And uh, whatever happens, you know, they're, they're Raptor legends forever, forever. And Kyle Lowry's going to be hanging in the, the rafters. Kyle, and Norm Powell's going to be coming back to Toronto just like, you know, Mo Pete, you know, and, and, and Muggsy Bogues and all these other guys that always, are always here. Like, these guys are family forever. And, you know, I, I mean that. So, thank you. And, uh, yeah, you know, thanks to everyone for listening. So, check back in tomorrow. There will be plenty of podcasting, plenty of trade deadline coverage. And uh, I appreciate everyone for listening to this. And I will see everyone tomorrow. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.